Hello, welcome to the Equippers International podcast, short version. We're in the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, looking at the first couple of verses there, where the writer gives us some elementary teaching about Christ. And we've been spending time in the last couple episodes looking at the resurrection of the dead, the first part of the last couplet that the writer gives us, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. We'll get to eternal judgment quick enough, but for now we're going to continue along the lines of the resurrection of the dead because there's a lot to be said about this important truth, and I don't want to rush past it. We looked in the previous episode about how the resurrection of the dead is directly linked to our physical bodies. And in today's episode, I want to talk about the timing of the resurrection or the when of the resurrection. Quite frankly, this question is one that's preloaded with perhaps more interpretation and opinions than any other topic in Christianity. Because what happens is it begins to touch on our understanding of the end times. And like with every generation, The current events in the world stir up lots of conversation about the end. And I'm not going to venture into giving a full interpretation of the end times in this episode. Don't worry. But I will say that I believe our framework of interpretation must be informed by a thorough historical investigation of the events as they are told through the scriptures and not as they are communicated by some traditional doctrinal frameworks of various groups or denominations over the past centuries. So we need to be responsible with the scriptures and really come to them with an open mind and an understanding of how the biblical writers are communicating things about the end times. So, with that said, let's look at a couple of passages of Scripture that I believe will help us understand the when of the resurrection of the dead. Now, remember, I'm trying to put this into context in reference to the resurrection of the dead, not in the context of all the events of the end times. So, one passage I read in the previous episode in John 5, and I'll read it again just now. Another passage is one in Paul's letter to the Thessalonian believers in 1 Thessalonians 4. So first, let's look at John 5, verses 25 through 29. I'll read them again. Now this is Jesus speaking. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he gave to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth, those who did the good deeds to a resurrection of life and those who committed the evil deeds to a resurrection of judgment." Now, Jesus begins to hit on eternal judgment in this passage, and we're going to save his comments about that for the next episodes where we get into that part of the couplet where the writer of Hebrews talks about eternal judgment. But for right now, I want to focus on what seems to be Jesus' reference to the resurrection. So I believe Jesus' first reference here to the dead is a reference to those who are dead in their condition toward God. Paul refers to this condition in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Listen to what he says. 
You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. And then in verses 4 through 6, he says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ. So in this sense, being raised up with Christ for Paul means that we've been seated with him now in heavenly places. It's as though he sees this as a resurrection of sorts on a spiritual level. So in the same way, Jesus' words at the beginning of this passage are really closely linked to this idea of coming to life. Later in the passage in John 5, Jesus says, An hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth. This is obviously a reference to the resurrection of the dead. Now, there's no time frame other than simply an hour is coming. This phrase just communicates that there's a time for this to happen, but it does not place it in reference to any other time. For example, earlier in the passage, Jesus said, an hour is coming and now is. This is very specific and it makes sense. Jesus is saying in the context of his life and ministry, he was speaking and people were hearing his voice and receiving the life that came from him. But his later reference in the same passage to the resurrection of the dead does not link that hour that is coming to any specific point in time. Jesus leaves it as a general reference to an hour that will come. Now, let's look at more specifics in Paul's passage in 1 Thessalonians 4. So the context of this passage has to do with those in the fellowship who have questions about loved ones who have died. And Paul calls them asleep. This is a very common way to refer to those who are physically dead. Jesus uses it to refer to Lazarus when he was dead. So let's see what Paul says about those who have died. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord." Therefore, comfort one another with these words. So we see right off the bat that Paul draws on the same hope that we looked at in the previous episode, that we have this hope because of the resurrection of Jesus, that it's a verifiable fact just like we talked about. Then Paul explains that there is, quote, 
a coming of the Lord, end quote. Again, there's nothing in the passage that tells us when the coming of the Lord will happen. All he tells us is that it will happen. And when it does, those who have died in Christ previously will rise first, and then those who are still alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. And he tells us to comfort one another with these words. Now, this is a very interesting process for sure, but Paul doesn't see any need to clarify or elaborate on how it happens. So I think it's good enough for us. We don't need to venture into detailed explanation of what Paul elsewhere refers to as a mystery. Some things are better left a mystery than to venture into explanation that only leads to confusion or speculation. So where does all this leave us today? The resurrection of the dead is real, and it will happen at some point in the future. We don't know when, because the scriptures don't tell us when. Now, I know that there are some passages in the book of Revelation that many have used to refer to the interpretation of the timing of the resurrection. I'll just say that the book of Revelation needs very careful attention, and we should not be quick to rush into an interpretation of the prophecies contained in it. So today, my encouragement is for you to be comforted, just as Paul tells us to be. The resurrection offers hope, and hope always brings comfort. We don't have to worry about loved ones in the Lord who have gone before us. There will be a day when we shall be with them with the Lord. And this will be a glorious and joyful day, and it's a promise that can strengthen and encourage our hearts. So be strong and courageous and love Jesus more.